Hey guys, here we are at Horror Movie Survival Guide. Nope, try that again. Take that was great. <laughs> That's really how it is, though, because you know what? We can't see each other right now, Julia, because we here at Horror Movie Survival Guide are recording remotely right now. So uh, because of, you know, um, a little thing called the corona um, is going around. And so we are doing our part to um, shelter in place and, and stay safe and keep our social distance with our friends and family. And that includes our friends that we record with together. Yeah, it's very weird to not be looking at your face while I'm doing this show because we are always right across the table from each other. Yep. Uh, but of course, we are in quarantine, as if in the horror movie ourselves, one might say. And here to do our best are trying to record uh, from three different locations. Our, our producer Wes is also here. So we just wanted to give you a little disclaimer and let you guys know that um, we are doing our best to give you the best sound and quality that we can uh, with our equipment from home. So if if it doesn't sound like the pod usually does, that's why. Uh, but we love you and we are still happy to give you content and bring out fresh shows each week um, as long as we can. And it's feasible and possible. We do appreciate your support and your understanding. Of course. And so, yes, just be a little generous with any technical glitches you might hear. We, uh, we hope you know that we're trying to give you something to give you a little bit of cheer in this kind of dreary time. But we're here for you and we love you guys. And we are so happy to have you as listeners. Stay safe and healthy and enjoy the show. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final girl. kids let's do a show oh right let's get into horror movie survival guide our friends in britain are gonna love this they probably they're like what happened to our friends hi i'm terry i'm julia <laughs> and this week we're talking about 1960s eyes without a face uh so we were which, talking about uh, Billy Idol, which is why i think the accents came out yeah. terribly so sorry <laughs> no but i mean i think about when i because i think about the Billy Idol song when I think about this, obviously, but he actually took the name of his song from this film, uh, in French, Les Joux, Les Joux Sans Visage. Um, and, uh, Michelle Visage, <laughs> she's one of my favorite gu- judges on <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, sorry. Ah. <laughs> I'm hearing this uh, That's all I could think. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a good Billy Idol song, right? It's a great Billy Idol song. I love it. Like I was like, it's so random. Um, I was, lived outside of DC back in the day. And like, I remember being by the national mall and there was this guy in his like red, very eighties, like trans kind of convertible uh-huh. chilling, like by the national mall, like parked with lasting this song for like an hour, <laughs> just on repeat. Like we walked by, we'd gone into a couple of the museums, like the Smithsonian that day. And I was like, I came back out. I was like still playing the same song with just like a very sullen, like, I don't wow. know whether he like had gone through a breakup and that was just like his, like, you know, but he wanted they, the world to know, right? Like he wanted everyone. Wow. Like, this is the jam. 
<laughs> I, I love when you th- when you have a song that you think about something random like that. Like now that will forever be connected in your mind. And like little did that guy know, you know, every now time we- I hear that song, I never not see that guy's face like with his like sunglasses on and his like red like convertible. <laughs> good Very job, guy. Into that. Yeah, good job, um, guy. You're always forever in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so the title of this episode is Human Guinea Pig. And tagline, I think this is going to be your favorite tagline of all time, Terry. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Lay it on me. (laughs) Beautiful women were the victims of his fiendish facials. (laughs) Yes, his fiendish facials. Facials. We got Wes. We got Wes. Wes is done. He's cackling. Um, (laughs) That is so beyond epic. I mean, we never get facials in a freaking tagline. Like I've never heard that before. That's the first for me. Um, and fiendish facials is like a tongue twister and unto itself to say super satisfying. Um, I feel like it's like what you would have a drag queen would have like a show, like, and just be like, facials with like Katya you know what I mean though like I feel like I would watch this yeah. World of Wonder like four hours on YouTube I'm so into this amazing <laughs> amazing so this was directed by Georges Franjou based on a novel by Jean Ridon and gowns by Givenchy. uh it was originally originally my French is terrible please excuse me uh originally excuse released in uh, I, I can say that. Excuse me. <laughs> Originally released in the U.S. in an edited version, right? Oh. It was too intense for the U.S. in the 1960s, yeah. for sure, because this is mm-hmm. the same year Psycho came out, where mm-hmm. that was intense, right? You think mm-hmm. about the gore in Psycho and the gore in this movie, and you're like, yeah, yeah, probably needs to be edited in 1960. Uh, yeah. They also had a different title for the film in America, which was The Horror Chamber of Dr. Faustus, which is a good title, uh, but there is no Dr. Faustus in this film. So no. confusing. That's misleading. Um, so we get uh, we open on a woman driving alone at night, uh, and uh, it's looking already like she's she looks like she's up to something. Uh, yeah, and and also I just love the effect because it's like not a good driving effect. Like she's clearly not driving for part of it. I I just adored it. I was like, ooh, okay, a little time capsule, bad driving backgrounds and stuff like that. Yeah. She's going down a dark road, and you're like, ooh, you don't go down that kind of road to do anything like good, you know, no. in the middle of the night. And um, she keeps looking nervously in her rearview mirror, and there is some uh, a figure in the back seat that is in a trench coat and a hat that seems to be slumped over asleep passed out dead we don't really know yeah it's like their heads kind of bobbing around you see like the scarf looks like it's not really attached to anything it's very weird um mm-hmm. and then i love the music though kind of at the intro though it sounded like curb your enthusiasm you know what i mean they're like dah, 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 dah. like it just sounds like that theme and i was like this is already so weird and i am so down for this weird freshness yeah. of like the disparate kind of almost happy sounding music but it sounds just off enough like something's wrong mm-hmm. um and that theme comes back a few more times throughout the film. And I, I just was really kind of delighted to hear this weird calliope kind of sounding circus sounding music. And um, so she pulls over to uh, a body of water and uh, pulls the body out of the back of the car. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's a body. That's someone that's dead. That's not a live person. Um, and it was interesting, though, because you, you rarely see they really go through the, this detail of sewing, showing someone get something out of the car, drag them all the way over, like how much hard work it is. And but you also uh, wanted to show the fashion. So I get like, if this was all by like some like Givenchy, like look like that coat 
I even yeah. wrote notes about that raincoat she has. It's this gorgeous, like, you know, trench coat that's like got like just a real nice little like looks like um pleathery, whatever sheen, like bright mm-hmm. sheen to it. And even in this black and white, you can tell this lady is dressed. Um yes. and the, whoever she's dumping was not. Like it's you can tell that there was definitely a status issue between these people as well. Um, so we, we know we have a, a murdering uh, lady right away uh, in her in her sweet, sweet 1960s or French car. Or a hench person just dumping somebody. I wasn't sure if she had done the murder oh, yeah. or she was just getting rid of a body for somebody. That's true. Could be a Renfield. We don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, so then we cut to a, a science conference where the doctor is up giving a speech about some sort of x-ray tissue transplant that he's working on, uh, a heterograph. We're not really clear on exactly what it is. a lot of science E-words, you know, know, like they're like irradiation and looking at the future. And it's a beautiful salon that they're in though. It's like very like in this gorgeous, like classical architecture building. And it is a packed lecture hall. It's like probably a couple hundred people in there. There's, it's like standing room in the back. Like there's people really want to know more about what this doctor's work, what he's up to. So you get that he's a prominent scientist scientist not yes. that he's like trying to find a place to like have people listen like they are there and they're asking mm-hmm. questions after those cute little old ladies after like oh yes like we are so excited by your work and he does not really have time for these ladies no. he looks above everything and very distracted but they do mention that his daughter had vanished mm-hmm. um so we can see why he might be a little standoffish yeah, um, but they so, also want to talk with him about the future, which I thought was really cool. One of my favorite lines he has is he says, the ladies are like, wow, this is the, this is the future of science, what you're working on. He says, yes, the future is something we should have started a long time ago. Yeah, he's right, though. I feel like we're at that point still. <laughs> Where's our teleportation, motherfuckers? Always- <laughs> <laughs> we're just trying to get Zoom together still, you know? Like it's I like- know. We're <laughs> so far off. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so we cut to um, our cop characters, our two French cop partners detectives. who are detectives, mm-hmm. um, who were talking about they found the body of the person in the dumped in the water who had a, a very horrible open face wound. Who, but the eyes were still intact. That's the only thing intact. Uh, but they were naked in a man's coat, and she was um, missing facial tissue with scalpel precision. Was there a little clue, clue in there? They uh-huh. said scalpel precision. They're like, oh, so somebody knew what they were doing to rip this girl's face off, basically. Yes. Uh, so they have to call the doctor to see if it's his daughter because his daughter has gone missing. So he has to go down to identify his daughter's body at the morgue uh, and says, yep, that's her. Definitely her. Christiane, his daughter. That's it. And he drives and up in a sweet ass car too, by the way. I love the car. That he like, <laughs> they even took the time to show him parking the car, which I was like, this is a detail. Usually it would be like, just right. They would show it parking up, but they like, he did like a three, four point turn. Do you know what there, I mean? Like, yeah. Into like the cul-de-sac. I was like, they're showing off this beautiful car as well. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of shots in this movie where it's like the kind of shot where you see the car coming and like the headlight stops just before the camera. So you're like super up close to the car. There's mm-hmm. a lot of that. Um, glamour shots. A lot, of, lot, lot of fashion, a lot of cars, a lot mm-hmm. of glamour with your horror. Who doesn't love that? Glamour horror. That should be a whole nother subgenre, right? Yeah. yeah. Here for it. I feel like Mike Averati would be on top of that genre. So fucking you. Yeah, he can probably give us like all the suggestions. Like, honestly. oh, glamour horror. Here you are. It's like, here's a list. I've already compiled it. I've got a spreadsheet ready to go. Like, I would not be surprised. Oh my God, we love you, Michael. Um, we do. 
So, so uh, we find out that he lost his wife four years ago as well. So he's mm-hmm. in the midst now. His, he had lost his wife. Now he's lost his daughter. Um, and I love how this entire film feels so cold. Like you can tell everyone in the movie is very cold and it looks very foggy. And I think like that's not a side of France you usually see. Usually it's all very like clear and beautiful. And this is just like, no, it's they cold do Paris winter. They in the springtime all the time. Like that's yeah. such a, an aesthetic of Parisian film, you know, because that is the most glorious time. Everyone gets outside. Like I loved going to Paris. When we lived in England, I loved get, taking the channel to go to Paris in the spring just to go to like, you know, great, grab some food for the afternoon. And it was just wonderful. Um, it is freaking mi- kind of miserable. I've gone in the dead of winter too, and it is miserable when it's cold. Yeah. yeah and this is the kind of the, the, the kind of feel of this movie. You can mm-hmm. tell everyone's kind of cold and miserable mm-hmm. on top of everything else. So, uh, he comes home, uh, to, uh, the woman that we had seen in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and also his daughter, Christiane, who is at home, not With dead in the morgue. Down. Yeah. Um, a pillow. On a pillow. Like, She's turned away from the camera and her covering her face. Uh, so, and, and you know, we've watched so many horror movies to know it's like when someone's doing that for a long period of time, there's going to be a reveal and it's not going to be a good face. reveal. Yeah. yeah. Something's wrong with her. Um, so it's not good, but he says that you'll, you'll have a real face. I promise you. You're like, Oh no. Um, and so she, we find out that she'd been in a car accident. Um, and so the woman, uh, comes in with Edna uh, comes in with the mask yeah which one of the coolest fucking masks in cinema this mask is bitchin for sure it's and her like her you only see this uh the the scab who plays Christiane her physicality in this movie is incredible because she really only has her eyes and her body to work with and you get she's so, so much cre- from it mm-hmm. she's so creepy uh with doing so little and it's i don't know how she does it it's really an incredible performance considering your face is behind a mask uh, but it just fits her face so well and looks so creepy but beautiful at the same time mm-hmm. she looks like a porcelain doll that's what's the uncanny valley about it it's like a full-on mm-hmm. porcelain doll face um the way the mask is like it is that kind of like brushed like plaster you know of a porcelain doll and her little it's i think it's the strange thing is her the way she works with her hands as well um the delicateness of it and she's so very scary skinny um and you see that because she they put this like kind of voluminous like big you know beautiful like um house coat that's on her but um it's got this high collar to kind of hide the the edges around the face so she really does look like her that mask just kind of emerges from the high collar and it's all like I'll say diaphanous as a friend for some of my fashion friends. Um, just basically <laughs> means like, it's like a chiffon kind of material. Um, that's very like see through So you feel like you can see layers, but you actually can't see past it. And I feel like that's kind of what happens with the mask is that you feel like you can mm-hmm. see more, but you're still stopped somehow before you can get to the truth of anything. Um, it's really beautiful. Um, yeah. So, uh, but they need to have, uh, they need a new face. They need a new face because mm-hmm. the face that they had gotten from the previous uh, woman they dumped in the body in the water uh, did not take well. So yeah. now they need a new face. He's like, okay, I see, the, you know, I see the mistakes. I see what I did wrong. Fix it the next time. It'll be perfect. No problems. So they have to go out and find a girl. But, you know, there's a very specific kind of face they're looking for, for her. You know, that has to be a brunette. It has to have, you know, this like very specific, like he's like, I, I don't know why brunette. It doesn't matter. It's just a face. But they're like, well, only looking blue at eyed, blue eyed like, brunette. It was a very particular. I was like, well, that's just, it really wouldn't matter. Like if yeah. she <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, if you're if just, just taking the face. Like she already has her own color eyes. Like who? 
Karen Hare. Yeah, but they were looking for somebody who is beautiful in a similar way to her. So um, we see our little secretary later out, like with the Curb Your Enthusiasm music back again. And she's like, I was like, oh, anytime she's doing something terrible, it's like, and she's like out there in the world. And um, it was crazy because they had a funeral, like after they had had the funeral for her, like you could tell she was still uneasy about it, but still willing to help for some reason. And we find out through the midst of that, that she's actually had some work done from this doctor on her face as well. Um, but she wasn't missing a whole face. She just was had a partial face problem. So we had more to work with where it was easy for it to take um, for her face. So, so she wears this pearl collar choker all the time to cover the scar Mm -hmm. of where he had taken her face off so her job she is a renfield uh kind of in a way right Mm because it's her job to go out and find the next girl so she goes out and goes to paris and and looks around and finds a student that she thinks looks good and kind of asks around and says that she overhears that she needs a room so she's like oh well it's very thoroughly modern millie i thought about like how like they were looking for like in thoroughly modern millie there's she's always like um mrs mears who runs the girls home but she disappears girls and puts them in a white slavery it's a whole subplot anyway old underwater film musical kids you gotta Um, show me that one i haven't seen that one oh my god oh it's very high on the list that one is all right we need to watch that um okay. but she um but the, the the character who asks she's always says oh sad to be all alone in the world so any girl who says that she doesn't have any family to write back home to you know is about to get like disappeared yeah. but anybody who has like a ton of family they, they live at the house for years and years and years and it's fine um okay. but they're just like oh girls seem to move in and out really fast here especially the ones without family and you're like merch mm-hmm. over the head like okay ladies um so it's a very similar kind of tactic of like she's listening for telltale signs of like oh they don't have a lot of friends they're new yeah. in the city um somebody who could easily disappear without a bunch of people trying to come find them basically yes but she plays it cool she's like hey i have an extra ticket to the theater why don't you come join me and i'll like buy you nice food and then so you see you know she seems like a real nice lady she's uh, a lady who takes an interest in wanting to spend time with younger people and like i feel like old school paris even like you know not that long ago it's like you meet somebody on the side of the road you have lunch with them at the cafe and you make a new friend for the day yes so, so the the, the uh, student thinks nothing of coming out to see this room that she talks about i have this room uh but they end up driving way the fuck out of paris and she's like uh this seems really far. I don't think this is going to be a workout because it's too far away. And she's like, no, no, you get the train into Paris, 20 minutes, no problem. She's like, I don't really want to live in the suburbs either. I want something with more access and meeting friends later. Can we please go back home? And she's like, no, 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 let's get there. Like we're almost on, we're on the way. Let's just go. And she's like, oh, but you can tell that the girl is already feeling like something is up. She's looking real suspicious. Mm-hmm. So when she comes in the house, like she looks uh, real tense and she sees, sees the doctor I'm like, oh, come in. I sit down, I, you know, have a drink. Uh, so there and shows, she sits down and gives a drink and uh, immediately uh, puts a rag over her face, knocks her out and then just throws that rag right in the fire. And you're like, oh. You've done this before, sir. Yeah, he's like, you know. ether out. No, uh, there's going to be um, no evidence left about what just happened right here. But yeah, and they take her down um, down into like their like um, laboratory slash um, basement. And this is a part of the clinic because the house is connected close to the clinic. There's like a little tunnel basically that kind of connects these buildings. So he has like a, like a legit clinic up top. And then there's yeah. like the secret lab underneath which is cool because they go through a secret door in the garage like through a a cabinet and there's this constant sound of dogs Dogs, barking yes like a lot of dogs barking and it's uh, throughout a lot of this film and it's very unsettling it's insanely unsettling because the you're like the dogs know something's fucked up here but for some reason they're trapped too and i don't know where they are 
and you're like, what are they doing with those dogs? We don't really know. Um, so, uh, then Christiane hears that there was something going on and she follows them down and finds the lab. So now she knows where it is as well. Um, it seems surprising. She wouldn't know yet. I think she knew what it was. I think she's just spying on the new girl's face. I think she's been there before because she even walked down after this moment. And that's when we see her, um, you know, go in the room and she's checking everything out. Um, because she wants to get, she, I think she just wants to get a look at her new face as well. I think that's what she was mm-hmm. spying on. Yeah. Um, and I love it. And then she goes and visits all the dogs and then you're like, Oh, okay. So she goes and sees the dogs and she, they clearly know her. Like she goes and pets and plays with them. There's some sort of strange kinship she has. And then, um, she goes back probably into probably her, her only friends really. Right. Probably. She doesn't really can't go any out and her, uh, her, mother figure and her father figure are both kind of fucked up. So, but you know that these dogs are just being used for experiments. So it's not like she can, you know, she probably sees them go in and out quite, quite quickly. Right. So uh, now so it is removed, time. She walks. Yeah. She walks into that back into the surgery room. Um, and there's, I love this light. I called it the titty light. Cause it's like a big round light, like looking like a big, huge, huge booby. Um, but she like goes and flicks on the light. So then there's floods the room with light. Um, and then she takes off her mask and we don't see her right away, but she goes over to the girl who's like bit since been passed out from the ether and goes and starts touching her face to feel it and see what it feels like. Cause she, clearly she misses touching her own face. And then the girl wakes up and then we get the big freaking reveal no face, no face reveal. It's a good, no face reveal. It's pretty gnarly. Some really um, great effects, really great amazing. effects. And then, uh, we, we go into the big scene, the surgery scene, which I have to say, so this is 1960, mm-hmm. uh, this is one of the goriest things I've ever seen in a movie from this time period ever. It is legitimately a surgery scene where you see them cut and take a woman's face off. You really see it all. They don't cut away. They fucking show you. I thought it was like, it was very reminiscent of repo. Do you know what I mean though? Where I was like, there's, there's the brother who wears all the different faces and stuff. And I was like, Oh, they're doing the, I thought they were going to cut away. I kept thinking they're going to cut away. And I was like, okay, this is the part where they stop. But I was like, Oh no, they're still, they're still, they're still like, I was like, it's still happening. He's like another set of forceps, another set of forceps. There's like all these forceps around her face, holding and like propping the skin up around the edges. After we've just seen this crazy face that I did not anticipate us actually seeing Mm -hmm. getting the reveal of her face either. I honestly thought the whole movie, we were never actually going to see Christiane's face either, Yeah, but we got that. And then we get this right after whoa, I get why they yeah. wanted to edit this because it is was intense to watch him draw the marker like they do, you know, when you're doing plastic surgery and they draw the marker and do the marker around her face mm-hmm. and then um, watching them lift with the little forceps, like lift around the edges. Look, anyway, he's sweating too. The doctor is like oh, sweating, yeah. like his brow. I was like, oh, he's going to sweat onto the new face. Like I, and he, I loved how he was like, can you please wipe my brow? I was like, thank God. Cause honestly, right before that, I was like, this is disgusting. They need to wipe his brow. He is sweating bullets, um, on this poor girl's face. Great effect. I want to, I want to give all of the shout out claps I can give to this movie for this scene because holy fuck. Amazing. 1960 folks. Wow. Epic. This is like Tom Savini level Rob Boutine bullshit. Craziness. Awesome. It's, it's a golden standard. It's like an, it's still super effective in black and white that it fucks me up. It was great. Um, and so we, he, he lifts the face, they do the procedure. Um, I love this next moment. Um, 
not too long after we get like a dog catcher coming by and dropping off another dog. And the dog catcher says, yeah, people are all the same. And I was like, oh, more, more than, you know, like, or, but also not like, if you think things are interchangeable. (laughs) Yeah. And it's weird that like the dog catcher, like knows something's not right. Right. Like he just keeps bringing dogs and then the dogs mysteriously disappear. So he's like, he's doing something with these dogs. He doesn't care. He gets paid, whatever Mm -hmm. that kind of you know, dog catcher logic. Our Christiana is very excited with her new face. She's actually, yes, yes. she was, we were worried about her for, cause I was worried about her cause she's so skinny. I was like, and I also was like, does she eat? Cause I was like, with that mask on, you can't do a lot. Like how does she function and out in the world? What does she do? Cause she actually can't go out in the world. Like what does she do in the house? But um, we find out that she's actually eating now cause she has hope about this new face. She's feeling more confident. Um, and she's feeling like she has faith right now too. So does the, you know, um, the doctor's assistant, they all feel like they have faith in, in what's happening right now. Um, but the doctor, one of my favorite lines he has after this too, and he says, I've done so much wrong to perform this miracle. The, the other girl, girl escapes. escapes. The girl whose so face she, just got ripped off escapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, she starts to go out the front door, but can't go out the front door. So it goes up the back, up the stairs where the doctor is coming for her and she knows she's got nowhere to go. So she just jumps out the window and splats on the ground beneath. Kills herself. Yeah. So we got brain, we got brain guts on the, on the sidewalk down there. Mm -hmm. Um, and we see the doctor, we see them go and the lady go and dispose the body, um, really handily in the family crypt. All you got to yeah. do is pry up that thing. Nobody's going to go in there ever. It's your family crypt, man. Yep. I was like, right on. That's a good reason to have a crypt. But our, our lady is now overwhelmed, but she's ready to go. Um, and then this the girl who jumped, though, we cut to the detectives, and she's going and actually filing a report. This was the thing they were worried about. They were always get girls that didn't really have a lot of ties, but this girl is actually going and looking, and she's giving details about the lady that she went with. Yes, this is the, the, fr- the, uh, mm-hmm. the friend of uh, the girl who jumped out the window. Yes, she mm-hmm. says she has this lady with a choker. So now they know this very specific thing. Uh, and we sh- we actually do get to see Christiane with her new face. And mm-hmm. it is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She looks beautiful. They say there is something angelic about her now. Angelique? She- Angelique. <laughs> mm-hmm. But she says, it looks like me, but it seems to come from beyond. And I was like, like, from beyond. It totally is. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to, because that's the thing. This is horror movie, right? Whenever you get like a transplant of anything from anyone, it's always going to turn bad. Uh, And she feels like this does, it's turning her in this weird way. Um, But then horrible uh, result is that the the skin starts to rot off of her face. So the skin dies. It becomes no necrotic tissue it doesn't take it's like as the, the days go take. on because that first like the doctor tried to convince christian that it was okay and he was like oh smile for me i want to see how it looks and she smiles he's like oh but not too too much because you can see like it might be a problem that hasn't quite settled right and then he also asked her oh did you put on any makeup because your cheeks are rosy and that's not what you want to see so yeah and he realizes and he, he admits he's failed and we see like they show like day time lapse like close-ups of her face like day 12 it's like that's when the necrotic yeah damage it's pretty gross yeah so her now her the new new face is rotting off so he failed he has to find uh, a new face again um, so christiana's done this thing where she calls her ex-boyfriend um not ex they were i guess whatever they had the car accident fiance. And fiance and they thought that she was dead so she's called him and just hangs up usually but this time she called and she actually said his name chuck over the phone and he heard her and then our lady comes in and goes christiana you could hear her name being said and then she hangs up the phone on her so jock is like uh i just got a call from like my dead 
fiance. <laughs> like he goes to the police to try to figure yes. something out. Um, and Christiane says that she wants to die, that she feels like she's a human guinea pig and she's out. She, she doesn't want to. So she's hoping, I think that Jacques can help her in some way. So they have mm-hmm. a shoplifter, uh, the police that they're going to, they've convinced her that they'll, they'll lift the charges if she will help them with this one small task where you just have to be bait for these people who might carve your face off. I didn't uh, go in she- full detail, I think about that, but they are just, yeah, she's the decoy. She's totally the bait. It's, it's pretty bad because she fits the description that they were talking about earlier, like a blue eyed brunette, like there's like a whole vibe and she's definitely got it. So they want her to go in and uh, check into the legit clinic and see what they can find out if she can get some information for the doctor. So Jacques's in on it um, and they give, because he's a doctor as well, uh, and they have this ancient EEG machine that they're using. I love old technology like this. And mm-hmm. like do this, this crazy kind of strobe test. Um, it's electrodes I, and flashing lights. It is wild. And it looks, yeah. it reminds me of like the hypnotic hypnosis machine in cat people that we saw not too long ago too. Yeah. the light flashing and everything. Oh so, yeah. Exorcist two has one like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Paulette, this the, the girl, uh, they've decided there's nothing wrong with her. She's fine. We're just mm-hmm. going to let her go. Uh, so, but she has to sign out. So she, that's there. The nurse signs her out and she makes a phone call. So we have that. We know that she calls her family, is, lets them know she's coming home. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she's going to get picked up. Uh, well, no, she's not getting course. picked up. She asks where the um, train station is because she's like, oh, okay. And the nurse says, it's a 15 minute walk. Just hang a left this way. Just go down the road. And she's like, great. All right. So she hangs a left and she starts walking down the road. And as she's walking down the road, our little henchwoman, our little oh, yeah. Renfield um, is driving in that little car. And we get the Curb Your Enthusiasm music yet again. <laughs> and she's like driving her little tiny, little, little very <laughs> European car. It's this weird, tiny car. You guys have to, if you haven't watched it, I'd love it too. You have to check it out. And she pulls over like, oh, child, are you, you need a ride um, to the station? I'm heading your way. Hop on in. She's like, oui, mademoiselle, of course. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. And she gets in. And uh, next thing you know, she wakes up um, (laughs) not in the car. She's uh, been strapped to a surgery table, which is never, ever, ever where you want to wake up. With the lines drawn around her face, ready for them to take her face. Yeah, he's uh, ready to go, uh, but he is called away, so he has to go. There's an emergency. Uh, the cops uh, want to come talk to him as well, so he leaves Christiana in the lab with the girl, who wakes up, of course, and starts freaking out again. Um, yeah, Paulette, and, uh, she's like, uh, what the hell is going on? Why am I strapped and why can't I move? And Christiane has a scalpel in her hand, so it looks like she's going to come stab her, but nope. She doesn't stab her. She actually goes and releases her from the restraints and sets her free. And then right after she lets Paulette go, she goes and lets all the dogs free. Now, these dogs have got a bone to pick. Mop, mop. Um, uh-huh. Sorry. With the doctor. So I was like, yes, this is going to be great. Um, yeah. Do not disappoint. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they don't. He gets attacked by dogs pretty fucking immediately. And they're just all over him and you're like, Ooh, bad way to go. She also, uh, stabs, uh, the our secretary, uh, Renfield in the throat and she, her death. So good, man. Her yeah. death is so good. Like she says, why? And then like backs away and she's like tears in her eyes and like slides down the wall. And it's a really excellent death. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Um, like, and she knows and- she deserved it though. Cause she's done so many bad things. Like as like a kind of like as a thank you for getting her face back. But right. the life that she's led since she got this new face has been 
terrible. But know? I'm sure she feels like she's doing everything for Christiane, right? This is all right. for her. Right. So why would you, I've been helping you. Why would you do that to it's me? All I think you, it's all for you, Damien. It's all for you, Christiane. It's all for you. They also have a cage full of doves uh, that they have had in the, in the room that she also lets go. And she walks out, out into the, into the fields with these beautiful doves on her hands, this angelic face, uh, mask with her her beautiful givenche robe that she's gorgeous hands she has these great ballet dancer kind of like Uh hands you know and so there's like a bird on the end of one of her fingers and they're kind of it's very uh got very real french right there i was like oh this ending (laughs) is like real pretty and real french i love it um she's gonna wander away into the forest to do who knows what probably to go die because she stopped eating a while ago i think she's just gonna go like so no, nobody, nobody wins in this situation. Um, how to survive this movie, unless you have an ally who's going to release you from that table. It's a rough one. It's a rough one. There is no surviving. But, uh, I think, th- I think the survival tip is don't fucking hitchhike. How about that? Yeah. Not, Both no. of those, and don't go home with people you don't know, even if they seem like they're nice ladies. Yeah. And ask for the address of the place that they're talking about maybe and be like, oh, yeah. actually, I don't want to live in the suburbs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, like Before don't just- get in the yeah. car. Yeah. Yeah. Hitchh- hitchhiking, never, never a good idea in real life uh, or in horror movies either. Yeah. So- I picked up a hitchhiker once. You did? Yeah. How was it? Me and one of my exes, um, we picked up a hitchhiker driving up through like Oregon State. Um this lady, Sally, she was a mushroom farmer. She had a really big knife and that was a little stressful when she pulled that out in the back of the car. Why'd she do that? <laughs> she was talking to us about how she, how she, um, harvest naturally harvest mushrooms. It's pretty intense. But anyway, uh, ever since then, I've definitely don't pick up hitchhikers anymore. Uh, wow. my ex yeah. insisted and I was like, that was a bad move. We shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Wow. Kids. Okay. <laughs> Real life lessons. Either way. Yeah, good. <laughs> okay, great. <Score> factor. <laughs> um, we just feel we just fit each other really nicely, Julia. That's all that means. We, we I know we, we do. You know, we compliment each other, and it and it and it works. So I love you. Um, love you too. Gosh, uh, factor. Let's do this. One, not enough blood <laughs> to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, bathtub of blood. And five, run for the barf bag. We gave this film a five. Five. Just you actually face. get to see them rip somebody's face off, cut somebody's face off in a precision. With, like it's an intense fucking scene. It's black and white, still fucking intense, still bomb inducing. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. So just for the no face, we give it that. Um, yeah. We're gonna get into um, some movie ratings. Chainsaws. One, if you're desperate, two barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. Five, fantastic oracle. I give this one a five. I thought it was freaking perfect. I really don't have any like thing that I hated about it. I loved like even the random shit. Like I was talking about of like watching that guy park a car for like much longer than I normally would in a movie, you know, like I was into the helping build the tension of like, okay, what's going to happen here. Each thing seemed really precise. Even that weird curb your enthusiasm music. God, it was great. (laughs) I also gave it a five. So this is an all around five for us. Add it to the all around five list. Uh, It was great. It's a fantastic film. It really blew my mind. I'd never seen a film from this era with this much gore. And I thought it was great. Um, Great acting. Highly recommended. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, So next week we're going to talk about a film. I'm really excited to talk about this film because uh, I really love this director, uh, Mr. Joe Lynch. Uh, The movie is Mayhem. Uh, So I'm very excited to talk about Mayhem. With you. 
With you. With you. With you. Can't wait. Um, can't wait to talk about it with you, Julia. I can't wait to talk about it with all of our lovely fans. Let us know what you think. Have you seen Mayhem? Have you seen Eyes Without a Face? Um, let's get into this. Let's like talk about yes. all these wonderful movies from all these different eras. I so jazzed. Um, so, uh, uh, on our f- <laughs> we're both like let's shout us out join us on our facebook instagram twitter patreon.com slash horror movie survival guide you can join us get um early access to episodes and some other fun stuff every month we do a newsletter with lots of fun info um monthly and um we love hearing from you guys so let us know um what you would like to hear us talk about as well if you got some film suggestions um we have some great stuff coming up soon um that i can't wait to share with you guys so uh join us yeah Thank you for listening to us talk about eyes without a face. Eyes without a face. Eyes without a face. I still see that guy in the car. That's all I can see right now. That guy's so intense in his car. Oh, what a great shout out to you, guy, wherever you are, man. (laughs) We'll see you next week for mayhem, you guys. (laughs) 